Hey there, I'm Miriam Felton. Welcome to the Yarn Stories Podcast. first guest today is Heidi Hennessy, owner and proprietress of Luxadorna Knits. Luxadorna makes cashmere yarns in lace weight, sport, DK, and bulky. I've had the great pleasure of talking to Heidi and her team at many shows, both retail and trade, and I've loved working with her on projects like my cloud lift shawl, which used two skeins of a main color along with a, one of the fun size bundles that we'll be talking about in the interview. Okay, here's my interview with Heidi. I'm here with Heidi Hennessy, the owner of Luxadorna Knits, and they make 100% cashmere yarn based in Boise, Idaho. Hi, Heidi. Hello. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for joining me. So you started Luxadorna, um, actually call it, it was called Pepperberry Knits back in the day, by plying really fine cashmere yarn on your Ashford spinning wheel and blending colors to get something really unique. Yeah. So your business has grown a lot since then. <laughs> that was like <laughs> sure. 10 years ago. Um <laughs> So has the yarn changed much beyond there being more of it and scalability? Yeah, great question. So when I started, when I first started, I was actually in the recycled cashmere part. Mm. Like I would gather uh, cashmere sweaters from secondhand stores and unravel them and then reply them on my Ashford spinning wheel so that I could have cashmere in spore and DK and worsted weights for me to knit with. Nice. And it was growing so fast. I had so much yarn and it kind of became an addiction. I would go to the secondhand stores and clear out every cashmere sweater <laughs> they had. And I had piles and piles and piles of them. So I started selling the recycled cashmere that had been retwisted from my Ashford wheel. Mm-hmm. I first started selling it on, on eBay and then I opened an Etsy account and realized that there was a good market for brightly colored and marled cashmere. And so I decided to just jump in and scrap the recycled and actually go in full real deal. And that was that was at the end of 2012 when I did that and then did my first big wholesale um, show in 2013. I think that's when we met. Yes, it was. <laughs> it was. Awesome. Uh, yeah, that's really, that's really humble beginnings with the recycling. I've <laughs> been there back in the day when I couldn't, you know, really afford like good yarn. <laughs> I would go to the thrift store and find all of the wool sweaters and pull them apart. Yeah, yeah it's kind of fun. It it's is kind of fun. fun. It's very time consuming. Um, it is. But and I, I really like dealing with the non-recycled stuff now because the recycled stuff just gets tricky. And some of there's wear and tear on the armpits or yeah. the sleeves. And yep. so it's it's fun. And you'll get felted spots in a sweater that you have to like pick through or you lose some or, you know, you end up with knots because you had to like cut out a portion that was bad. Yep. That's must be much less frustrating now. Yeah. Well, we have all the big milling equipment now and I have a staff and I just bought my own building back in November. And so we were. That's great. Yeah. We have grown a lot from having an Ashford wheel in my family room <laughs> to, <laughs> to, you know, four to five staff that works here and, and big milling equipment. We've, we've, That's great. we've grown a lot. It's kind of overwhelming at times. Yeah. I'm really happy about it. That's great. 
So you're starting with applied cashmere in a fine weight. And then when you apply multiple strands, you get a chain or sorry, a cable, a ply. cable ply. That's exactly right. Yep. And the reason why I like doing that is because um, a lot of the other cashmeres on the market are really lofty and fuzzy and, and spun loosely, which makes a mm-hmm. really great yarn for accessories and that kind of thing. But I am a garment knitter. I really yeah. love knitting garments. And so when I was looking into how to do this, I wanted to make sure that I had a yarn that was going to, for one, because cashmere was going to hold up because it's mm-hmm. a short staple. So it tends to, to yeah. be, can it be can a little pill. bit, yeah, it pills a lot. So we have, we have yarn that we um, do by doing the, the cable twist in there. It keeps it from being, keeps it from pilling, but it also just creates really good stability. And mm-hmm. also we learned later the stitch definition in our cashmere is fantastic because yeah. of that. So because a cable applied yarn is going to be very round. Yes, it's very which makes yep. which makes stitch definition pop. Yeah, we love it. So we do that on purpose. So ours ours is a little bit different than some of the others out there on the market, and we did it on purpose so that it was a yarn that I that I loved that I felt really yeah. confident in. Well, and the fact that it's um, you know more economical than like a lot of cashmere yarn that you're getting uh, in, in in the market means that you can justify doing like a sweater quantity of cashmere. You should, everybody should have some cashmere. It's wonderful. Yeah. Well, our tagline is you're worth it. I mean, I really, yeah. really I truly, truly believe that knitters, it, it takes a long time to knit yeah. an amazing project. So if you're going to do a sweater, if I'm going to do a sweater, I I'm really want to make sure I've got it in yarn that I absolutely love. Yeah, for sure. So I think your forte is really color pairing. I love the way that you combine colors within your yarns. And you've also been making bundles of different colored skeins, like your fun size um, bundles. Yeah, the fun size bundles with a bunch of mini skeins, which I have designed a piece in that was really fun. Um, So where are you finding inspiration for your color combos? Wow. Well, that's a great question. So um, this is going to be surprising to people to hear. But by nature, (laughs) I am a gray, black and white person. I love wearing a white button-up shirt. My entire house is white yeah. and gray. And it, and so I, I love um, soft neutrals. So when it comes to color for me, if I'm going to wear color, it's going to be color. I mean, it's going to be yeah. lots of really fun, fun color. Well, and for anybody who hasn't seen you, you have bright red hair. Yeah, that's so. true. And I usually wear bright red lipstick too, <laughs> which yep. is plenty of color. It's a good pairing with the gray and the black. No, it's, it works really that's well. That's what my husband always says. You take up enough space in a room just from your personality that you maybe don't need to dress like a clown. So that's, that's probably... <laughs> but color, a lot of the color inspiration just comes from things that are different. Like I, when we pair colors, I love to do to make sure there's like an odd man out, like maybe Mm -hmm. some really pretty gradient pinks and then put a bright chartreuse green in there just so that it it catches your eye. Cause I really like things that people go, Oh, that's different, but yet it just Mm -hmm. looks so yummy together. Well, and from the knitters end, it's really it's really fun to have a yarn that has those unexpected pops. Uh, because if you're stuck knitting like a giant piece of stockinette, having yarn that like gives you a little smile just makes the whole thing more interesting. I love that. That kind of sounds like that should be quoted. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> well, that's that's half the reason why I love working with like hand dyed yarns too, because there's a really subtle variation. Like sometimes you'll get a spot where like the ties were really a little too tight. Mm-hmm in the skein when somebody was dyeing it and then you end up with a little like spot of bright color because it didn't you know it resisted the dye Mm -hmm. like that's that's the joy of a handmade product instead of a like super giant mill made product you you get to have those those kind of you know 
thing. I think that's but why you get those too. Uh, yeah, I think that's why our our fun size braids are selling so well is because it's that fun variation of the next color, the next fun thing that's yeah. going to be in it. Yep. Well, and playing with the order in which the colors you know progress is really fun too. Good. <laughs> it's funny that you bring that up because our our the packaging we changed the packaging last year for our fun size bundles. They used to be mini skeins, and we would just tie it with a ribbon. So yeah, I love your so packaging. We, so too. now we actually braid it, and everyone is in the same order because we had so many people call and say, "Ah, what order do I put these colors in?" And that's the beauty of it. You get to decide. But it, it has helped people that we put them in an order that we like, so that those who that don't sense. want to yeah. have to take the risk they can just do the order no, that we put in there. <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So you have really fantastic names for your equipment. Oh, we do. Um, <laughs> like they're part of, like they're your employees or part of your team. So what's your current lineup of equipment? Well, it's funny you ask that. I think the reason why we name them is because when they are naughty and they are disbehaving, we can yell at them. I mean, that's really, because <laughs> a lot of times like our big, our big piece, of, we have two big ones. One of them is um, from Italy and it's about the size of a refrigerator. And she is our applying, one of our applying machines. And her name is Money Penny. Mm-hmm. We've had her for nice. a long time and she doesn't give much problems but this new one we have she's a big giant blue piece of equipment like the size of a small sedan and her name is ddb mm-hmm. and she gives us problems every day so we yell at her <laughs> a lot but then we we have several i think we have six or eight skein winders and they all have they all have names like what are their names well, there's four of them that wind best when they're going clockwise. They only go one direction. They don't go the other way. They only mm. go one direction. And so we, of course, named them after the boy band One Direction. <laughs> so that's I, genius. Yeah. So I don't, there's like Liam, and I'm blanking on the names. We had to write it because I, uh, you know, unfortunately, I'm not a big One Direction fan, so I don't know. Yeah, their I names. don't know who they are. And either. I don't have girls. I have sons, <laughs> and so they're not into it. But then we also two yeah. of our winders are um, the BG winders after Barry and Andy Gibb, and I don't know why, but they're nice. just the BG winders. So yeah, yeah lots of lots of names. So that and mostly it's so that so that I can yell at them. Well, and you can also, you know, specifically say like, hey, there's a problem with Liam. Exactly. Liam's being a jerk right now. Right. Exa- we That's do that. Funny. We do that a lot. That's wonderful. <laughs> um, I named I named my mannequin, like a dress form that I have. Mm-hmm. And um, I put it I put it in our bed once when I was leaving for a trip. <laughs> <laughs> and it's become a running joke that that uh, that Veronica is my husband's girlfriend. Yeah, that climbs in his bed. That's funny that her name is Veronica because my family, we also have vacation names. We use fake names when we go on vacation just mm-hmm. for fun. And one of mine is Veronica. Yeah, we had talked about that at one point. <laughs> well, so you're as long as you're not my husband's girlfriend, it's fine. Right. No, I'm not, I'm not a mannequin. I'm neither of those. <laughs> so you have uh, four weights in your line right now, sport, DK, bulky, and lace weight. Any plans to add more? Or do you think this is, you know, pretty good range? Right now it's a pretty good range. And what's interesting is we've noticed that the um, the trends of the designers and what the designers like to knit with tends to be the weights that we sell the most mm-hmm. of. Yeah. And so right now, I mean, like our, our sport is kind of a fingering sport weight and a lot of designers are knitting things in that. And so that is the bulk of our sales is that weight right now. If things yeah. change, because we do have the ability to mill our own equipment, if yeah. 
suddenly Aaron weight, everybody's knitting in that. We have the ability to change on a dime and, and do do that. But currently we're in sweet spots and all equipment is running pretty well. And we make a lot of our sport weight mostly. That makes sense. Uh, sport was the one that I worked with. Yes. It's really, it's really good because there's so much loft in the cashmere, in the cable ply, that um, that like the sport is really versatile. You could knit it at a DK weight. You could knit it at a you know fingering weight and it would just fill those spaces fine. Yeah, especially after blocking. Yeah, because it really yeah, it really, it it really blooms. Well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what's new for you guys these days? What are you working on? Well, we just had this really fun um, test run. So, at the because we mill our own yarn at the end of, so we, we the yarn gets loaded onto cones, and from cones we turn into mini skeins or hanks, whatever it is. We have at the end of the cones, there's always a few yards left over that we that's not sellable yarn, or we can't do yeah. anything with it. So we've been saving that for a long time. And so I have this giant bins and bins, like five bins full of these little mill ends of cashmere mm-hmm. that we just recently made what we called our cashmere party skeins. And we That's took, awesome. oh my gosh, they're just so, so pretty. And they're just limited, limited availability. We made as many as we could. We'll make a few more and launch in November, but it's mm-hmm. 500 yard skeins and it is anywhere from like 13 to 18 different colors. And we run 20 to 40 yards of a color and then we magic knot the next color and we run that until it runs out and magic knot the next and they are i mean talk about color explosion yeah. and excitement that is where i could i could play and make those all day all yeah. day well and you know you'll you'll build up another stock and then you'll have another bunch of party skeins yes yep that's we're awesome he- we're heading to vogue knitting live seattle in November, the first weekend of November, mm-hmm. and we're going to have some party skeins available there. Yeah, because they're they're just something we can't make very often, but when we do have them, they sell fast. So we're really excited about having those. Yeah, well, and I imagine that you know it's something you'd want to see in person and be like, oh, I love this combo, and you know, and really like like dig into the skein to see all the different colors. Yeah, it is. <laughs> That's really fun. I do love peeling them open and right? being like, what a surprise! <laughs> yeah, there's a bright red in there. It's fun. That's awesome. I'm trying to think if there's any new fun stuff we've got coming up, going. I'm working with uh, a new designer to me. She's not new. Megan Jones of Little Nutmeg Production. And she's she made a glorious, glorious gradient lace weight mm. wrap nice. that is just stunning. And so it's six skeins of our lace that, that um, you hold two together. And so the colors run right into the next. That's wonderful. And that is fantastic. We're really excited about having that out um, as a big push for the next shows we do. And then she's also working on another project with our little fun size bundles that are braided. We also braid up our full size skeins into these glorious, long, colorful braids. And she's working on a, mm-hmm. a wrap pattern for that also. There's like a sweater quantity's worth of yarn in the giant braids. And so they're real versatile. You could you could do striped sweaters or gradient, but she's nice. designing a big wrap for us. I'm super excited to see that. That's exciting. Um, I really like that that your packaging and and the way that you uh, market is just as fun and interesting as working with the yarn itself. That like it gets you excited. You know, you you look at a braid of mini mini skeins and you're like, oh my god, it's so adorable. You know, <laughs> like it, it's just as much cheer from the packaging as from you know knitting the actual yarn. Well, I really like that. we worked hard on that. I mean, one of the first things that I learned going to the very first wholesale trade show was that the things that were packaged with ribbons or were packaged in bundles or cute were what sold. That's mm-hmm. what that's what the yarn stores really felt would be good in their stores. 
Yeah. And so after that first wholesale show, as a company, I decided to kind of transition away from having yarn skeins that you that yarn stores just purchase and stock on their shelf. And we changed to having that luxury item that yeah. you f- is cute and adorable and often comes with a pattern included yeah. so you know what you're going to make. We learned that cashmere is a lot of people kind of shy away from it unless yeah. they know exactly what they're going to knit with it. Yeah, it's hard to make that, you know, justify the purchase if you're just going to stick it in your stash. If you have a plan for it, then, you know, you can it's much easier to justify the purchase because you know exactly what you're going to do with it. It's not it's not a guess. That's exactly right. And we, and we just, we didn't know that going in, but we learned it. And so we adopt, we adopted to that and how yarn stores purchase luxury yarns. And now, now anything we can put in cute kits that include the, the the pattern for it it. is selling really well for us. So, well, and then the, you know, the yarn store, it makes it easier for the yarn store too, because they don't have to merchandise, you know, like find a pattern with it. They don't have to, um, you know, to have somebody who works for them figure out, you know, a pattern to make with it and knit a sample and do that that sort of thing. They can be like, look, it's all bundled. It's all packaged. Here's the pattern. Yep. We love that. The next, the next challenge for us is because the fun size bundles have been out for a few years now. Mm-hmm. We just need more patterns. Yeah. We, just, we just need more so that everybody who's already knit the Chevron Lila cowl, doesn't feel like doesn't feel like they can't go buy another braid. They can go yeah. buy another braid and, and maybe now knit a pair of mitts or a hat or yep. so that's that's the next challenge. But finding time whew, finding time to write patterns yarn <laughs> is kind of yeah. been a little bit difficult. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, this industry is weird for designers too. Um, we have so many different income streams. You know, we have we have stuff from patterns. We have stuff from like wholesale PDF sales. We have you know a little bit from teaching. We've got a little bit from this, a little bit from that. You know, yeah. But finding time, you know, to do all the things that feed all of those income streams is always a problem. <laughs> And then, of course, I add a podcast on top of it. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Good job, lady. Good job. Thanks. <laughs> That's exciting. I'm really excited for you. That's it's really great. So Heidi has been kind enough to uh, supply a party skein that she was just talking about for a giveaway. If you would like to enter yourself for this drawing, uh, you can do so on the post for this episode. Thanks, Heidi. Yeah, my pleasure. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Those party skeins sound awesome. Okay, so in closing, let me just ask you my standard question. What would be your superpower? So most people don't know this about me, but because I have four, I raised four boys, four sons, they're almost all adults. I can video game like nobody else. <laughs> super good at it. One game in particular that I'm really super good at, it's a, it's a PC game. It's called Age of Empires, and it's a civilization oh, yeah. game, and uh, I kill at it. I'm super good at it. That's, That's awesome. my superpower. I played Age of Empires back in the day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's like getting my dopamine fix. I'm super good at it. Nice. Well, thanks for joining me. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. This was super fun. Thanks, Heidi. Bye. Bye. Next up, we'll talk to Amy King as our fiber expert for this episode. We'll discuss cashmere fiber and cable plying. 
It's worth noting before we start this section that cashmere fiber is classified by the qualities of the fiber and not the animal that it comes from. So there are different breeds of goat that produce cashmere, and there's a lot of interbreeding of goat varieties to get the best quality fibers. The cashmere fiber itself is just the downy winter undercoat from these goats. And don't forget to check out the show notes for more on all we discuss here. here with Amy King, fiber author, teacher, and all-around artist. She sells her pottery, hand-dyed yarn, fibers, and much more from Spunky Eclectic, her shop based in Lisbon, Maine, and also on the internet. Hey, Amy. Hey there. Today, let's talk about cashmere. Cashmere. Oh, it's so nice. Isn't it? (laughs) I love it. Uh, If you could have cashmere sheets and they wouldn't fall apart, like, wouldn't it be great to just, like, live in cashmere all night long? Kind of. I'd be too hot. <laughs> That's true. It is very, very warm. <laughs> That's all I can think of. I mean, it's just, it's such a warm fiber. Yeah. So what makes cashmere different than wool, fiber-wise? Cashmere, well, I mean, it comes from goats as yeah. opposed to sheep. sheep. Um, and fiber-wise, it tends to be shorter. Mm-hmm. And the crimp structure is different. Okay. So goat to sheep already have a completely different crimp structure but there are some sheep that turn out with a crimp structure similar to some goat yeah um where it's a curl instead Instead, of a real yeah like lincoln's have locks have curly locks instead of instead of having like crimpy wool right which can be sort of like an angora or a mohair is what everybody knows is the fiber but the goats are called angora go figure yeah (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, and and then there's the whole thing with the cashmere goats. For a long time, you didn't even have a breed that was a cashmere goat. Yeah. So, and you could pull cashmere off of a whole bunch of different breeds, and you still can. So it was more about the fiber properties, like the the, uh, staple length and the, the, like, micron count and stuff like that. That was what dictated cashmere rather than it coming from a particular goat? Correct. That's how it started, but they have... There are better, there are breeds that do a better job. And so they've really bred into it. And it's been a long time that we've had cashmere goats, but it was a ways back that there weren't any. And now we have, you know, all the different cashgoras that they talk about that is. Oh, they're crossbreed. Yeah, they're crossbreeds. Like, so pygora, you could be getting angora type fiber off of. Mm -hmm. It's not guaranteed. Yeah. As it would be with a cat, with an actual cashmere goat. Okay. There's it's it's a long history and it's worth looking into if somebody's really into cashmere goats. Otherwise, <laughs> it's just totally worth it to just love your cashmere and just go from there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's sense. a reason that it's expensive. Yeah. Um, it is hard to get it because the best way to get it is to comb the goats. Oh, okay. And Which it is labor intensive. Come out at once. It's yeah. labor intensive to acquire, and off of we have one. And to get it off of her, we pull it off, but it doesn't all come off at once. So this yeah. is a daily process over a couple of weeks in the spring. When she's shedding. As she's shedding, that we're pulling off the cashmere from her. Mm-hmm. And then we're still not getting poundage. Yeah. You know, my sheep will put out, you know, 10 pounds of fleece. Yeah, every spring. Every spring I have like a 10-pound fleece off of a couple of the sheep. The other ones are like seven or eight. Yeah. So they're, you know, large bunches of fleece all at once just one shearing away they're gone the cashmere goat we have to pluck her and brush her and get it off of her and then we're lucky if we have 
eight to 10 ounces. Yeah. So that's a really good like firsthand illustration of how much (laughs) harder it is to get cashmere and why it's so much more expensive. Right. It is so much harder, but it's worth it. And that's why we still do it. Yeah. Well, and, you know, ca- little cashmere in a blend would be nice. It like bumps up the softness and the drape and all that stuff. So right. like so many others. Yeah. You don't need 100 percent cashmere, though. It's really nice. Yeah. So speaking of 100 percent cashmere, uh, Lux Adorna's yarn is 100 percent cashmere. And what she does is take a uh, double ply cashmere on cones and then and she's having them custom made I think now uh, back in the day they were like recycled from cashmere sweaters <laughs> and uh, and then and then cable plying multiple strands together so what is the cable ply going to do to the cashmere and affect how will it affect the yarn it all depends on how it's cable plied so you can cable ply loosely or tightly it's and done do loosely it, it's done yeah like nicely loosely which is smart because if it's done tight, it's going to take away some of the softness in the cashmere. And what's the point of take that? Take away the heat, right? Right. <laughs> so when it's done loosely, like this yarn is, um, it's absolutely beautiful and lovely, and it makes it so that the structure makes it so that the stitches don't melt away when you mm. knit color work or cables. Okay. So sometimes when you have a very soft fiber, a very soft yarn. It has a tendency to do like a watercolor effect yeah. with color work or yeah. with cables. They seem to melt into the background a little bit. Yeah. They don't just pop. But once you cable ply it, it has a different structure. It's very just, round, even though it's like loose and, and, you know, like fluffy. Yeah, yeah. So cable plying, even when it's loose, has a tendency, I mean, not super loose, but... Yeah. You know, in something that's been perfectly done like this to make a yarn that is now has um, the warmth and the softness of cashmere, but has the structure of something um, less soft and squishy. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's kind of like the all around perfect sort of thing because you can do color work with it and the colors will stand out better. Mm -hmm. You can do cables with it and the cables will work better. Yeah. So uh, will you describe a cable ply for novices, people who are, you know, maybe not familiar with it, uh, like people who just knit rather than spin might not understand what a cable ply is. And we've been talking about it. So, okay. So the basic cable ply, you would take two strands of single yarn that haven't been plied together and you would. So when you're plying, you, say spin everything in the z direction spin everything in the clockwise direction Mm -hmm. and then you would ply those in the counterclockwise direction yeah and then you're going to want two of those done so you've got two separate yarns that are two ply now that are two ply now and then you're going to ply those again in the clockwise direction so every time you ply if you're cable plying you reverse the direction you reverse the direction okay so it's just it's just another ply so you're plying plied yarn back on itself. Correct. And you can do more of that. So I just gave you the basic one. The basic one is just a four ply, mm-hmm. basically. So it's two two plies plied to each other. Uh-huh. But you can do that multiple times. Or, you know, you could take those two ply, have another four ply cable and another four ply p- cable. And ply and them cable against those each other. Against yeah. each other. But you can also do like three three plies or... Mm-hmm. You know, any multitude. The possibilities are endless. Yeah, it really is. And that's how you can just simply take the same size of coned yarn and come up with a whole bunch of different weights. 
Yeah, she just uses different number of plies to, you know, ply against each other and make that, you know, nice, like, kind of loosely spun cable ply that's lofty and round and beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's just such a gorgeous process that she's doing. And I love that what she's doing is um, mixing colors as well. So she's got, you know, her base colors and she makes solid ones, but then she'll do like marled, put another strand of like, you know, a slightly different color in there and get a whole like range of colors. Mm hmm. It's, that was one of my favorite things to do when I'm cable plying. Yeah, it's really it gives you a lot of possibilities. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful process, and it's you can do so many different things with it. That's awesome. Uh, thanks, Amy. You're welcome. If you'd like a chance to win one of those fancy party skeins from Luxadorna, don't forget to go enter for the drawing at yarnstoriespodcast.com. And while you're there, let me know what you're knitting for the holidays. I've gone a little nuts adding a bunch of knitting for the people who touch my day-to-day life. I've got a lineup of single skeins and leftover bits to make a bunch of hats for all the baristas at the local coffee shop and maybe some mitts for the bus driver or the manicurist who did my festive Christmas nails. I tend to let myself get a little crazy this time of year with the gifts, but I'm also going to take a bit of time this weekend to crochet a star garland using Anne Wiles' free tutorials so I can put it on my apartment door. I'll put the link for that tutorial in the show notes if you'd like to make one yourself. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please share it via social media or leave a five-star rating in iTunes. It really helps the podcast to grow and find more audience. I'm looking for sponsors as well, so if you have any suggestions or if you would like to sponsor the podcast, I'd appreciate an email about that. This podcast was produced in Salt Lake City, Utah, with production help from Sid Fallon. Music is by the ever-elusive Breakmaster Cylinder. I'll see you again in two weeks for an interview with Amanda Jarvis about Lorna's Laces and Mrs. Crosby Yarns. Mm-hmm.